the expectations that you set with me was make sure you have enough money for a year. So don't expect to sell a business. It, on average, it takes nine to 12 months to sell a business. So don't expect that you're going to sell a business within the first year. Mm-hmm. That it's gonna take yeah. you a while to get a listing. It's gonna take you a while to find a buyer after you get that listing. It's gonna take a, you might have that deal fall apart. Right. So right. make sure that you have your money for a year. And so, I mean, that from that standpoint, you know, I was well prepared to come in to where I didn't, I didn't come in going, uh, hey, I need a. I need some I need, cash. I need to make a. Right. I need to make a sale tomorrow yeah. and get yeah. this thing to close. Right. Um, you know. So from that standpoint, I was. I was prepared. Yeah, and we. And I think that you. You were prepared. I know you had the budget, and you. You made it very clear what. What you had to do, and so. Uh, and and that was good to have that out there. And nobody wants to be in a desperate situation. When, when you're doing what we do. You know, it, we have to be comfortable, we have to be patient, deals fall apart, we can't go nuts when it happens, because it will happen. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined by Doug Hubler here to spread some good news. Yeah. Oh, just start right in on it. Good news. Just jump on it. Good news. Okay. Well, we had three closings last week. So, and I think the last podcast we talked about one, uh, a paint distributorship, and but last week we closed on several. Uh, one was in Texas, an HVAC company that Ron had been working on for months. And really, the buyer and seller had agreed to terms months ago but this particular bank working on the deal, new to the system, new to SBA, inexperienced folks. So it took quite a while to get that deal closed. But anyway, Texas HVAC company. Do they need air conditioning in Texas? Periodically. Okay. There are, there are a couple of weeks in the summer where people tend Just, to use air conditioning. Okay, very good. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's also heating. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, right. So, yeah. a couple of weeks of heating. They use that in January? January 15th through the 31st. <laughs> <laughs> and then Debbie had a unique, specialized retail business in St. Louis. I was wondering how you were going to maintain confidentiality <laughs> on that one. <laughs> it had to do with a special... Salad dressing, Cook, cooking, oh, I don't know. Cookie, uh, a cooking oil. I don't know. We're, but that's good enough. We can, yeah. that's, we can say that. Anyway, it was in St. Louis, and that was that was one of those two. We're like, geez, who's going to buy this, buy this business? And it and it was a great little little store. But yeah, she found she got a buyer for it right away. I think part of the thing too uh, is that that business also had like wine tasting and. Mm. You know, had a had, had a liquor license and stuff like that, so they could they little, could do wine tasting extra. and pairings probably, and probably stuff like that. Probably some chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then finally, Ryan closed a uh, really special liquor store in the Topeka area that had some special hurdles to to, to jump. Oh, I thought that it was like every other liquor store was just going to go smooth sailing. Well, right, right through the. Right. Like all the yeah, other ones, just like sure, all the other ones, sure. yeah. That the 
there was going to be no arguments over inventory, <laughs> <laughs> with saleable the licensing but, yeah, license. issues. Yeah. What do you mean I can't? What? Just because I had a felony, I can't. What? Uh, you know, enough about that stuff. Let's talk well, about let, let my let favorite me, oh, wait, topic. Wait, All right, go should, ahead. I, should I bring it in? Go ahead. I mean, you've been with Apex now, officially, from what, I understand, from what you've told me, <laughs> two years. Officially two officially years. Officially two years. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, I had it officially a while ago. Uh, yeah. But then so, you didn't, then you went on vacation. So should it be unofficially? Like, would your, I think your records would be officially. Right. Because that's when I signed my paperwork. Right. And then my start would be the unofficial start because of I when had you actually showed up of when I actually showed up. Right. Yes, I had the summer right. of no worries. <laughs> you went on sabbatical. I went on sabbatical. You, you signed all the documents and then left the country. I said, "Sure, man, I'll sign you. Sure, whatever. I'll sign your documents under right. under uh, duress." And and then and I'm if waiting. I decide to come back from Hawaii or wherever you went. Then, then maybe I'll come I by. Uh, yeah, I took a, I took a few trips. Um, you know, I felt like it was going to be the only time in my life, really, where I was going to have basically six, seven weeks of like not really like have any responsibilities. Yeah. And I had just come off of ten years of every single day having responsibilities for a for a business, hmm. and. Hmm. I had six weeks left of summer, um, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this summer of no worries." That's like the college graduates who just decide, "I'm gonna well, hike through Europe." Yeah, I think it's one of those things too, where and I, I'm, I'm really glad that I did it because I feel like yeah. if I hadn't have gone away and mentally gotten right mm-hmm. and got the kids back into school and went and visited yeah. some people that I hadn't visited. Like the funny thing is, my sister and I joke the week that I visited her while she had lived in this community for seven or eight years was the week that they put their house on the market. <laughs> and it had just been that that long since I was able to actually get down yeah. to, to visit her. So, but yes, I count my nice. my time yeah. as, and you and I, I had think, worked together too for yeah. a while before that on right. the sale of on my business and yep. stuff like that. So it's, it's not like I was new to the process. It was just that it was the time where I actually decided to drive out here every day right, and show right. up and, and devote my and we, time to this. I kept looking out the window waiting for like, you to roll man, up. This guy's gonna this He's, guy's gonna show up. That's right. So well, thanks um, for, for making it yeah, for two years. Yeah, you know, and I and I think that um so I did I did jokingly say that we're talking about one of my favorite topics, me. Right. Um but that's true. Which it's entirely <laughs> true. So settle in for a three hour episode <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna I, be. I will be able to ask questions, right? It, it will be a fourteen parter. <laughs> Should I just sit back? So your your role is done I'm here. Gonna, you talked about I'm your gonna, little. <laughs> I want to go check email. Yeah, you talked about your closings. <laughs> now you've got nothing to do. Um, no, why don't uh, do you want to? Maybe why don't you just ask a question? Well, I think one of the things that I always like to talk about is your experience in those first two years. Is like, is this kind of what? you expected it would be. You know, this is a, a really unique industry that we're in. There, it's, there aren't thousands of people that do what we do. And so going into it, I, you know, I, 
I try to prepare new advisors as they're coming in. This is what it's going to be like. But what did you discover? You did a great job of setting expectations. And you set expectations of don't expect to make any money right. the first year. Yeah. Like I knew this was what I wanted to do. One of the expectations that you set with me was make sure you have enough money for a year. So don't expect to sell a business. It, on average, it takes nine to 12 months to sell a business. So don't expect that you're going to sell a business within the first year, mm-hmm. that it's going to take yeah. you a while to get a listing. It's going to take you a while to find a buyer after you get that listing. It's going to take a, you might have that deal fall apart. Right. So right. make sure that you have your money for a year. And so, I mean, that from that standpoint, you know, I was well prepared to come in to where I didn't, I didn't come in going, uh, hey, I need a. I need, I need some cash. I need to make a. Right. I need to make a sale tomorrow yeah. and get yeah. this thing to close. Right. Um, you know. So from that standpoint, I was I was prepared. Yeah, and we and I think that you you were prepared. I know you had the budget, and you you made it very clear what what you had to do. And so uh, and and that was good to have that out there. And nobody wants to be in a desperate situation when when you're doing what we do. You know, it need, we have to be comfortable. We have to be patient. Deals fall apart. We can't go nuts when it happens because it will happen. One of my first goals was, okay, I have to sell a business, and I forget what the number <laughs> what the number of months was okay. that I had money for. Right. I need to. I okay. Now I, I know that if I get to the six month mark and I don't have it, doesn't look good. Mm. I can tighten the belt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so right. so I had this budget, and I wanted to say that it was like. 14 months. I had to sell a biz. I had to get some income mm-hmm. in 14 months is the number that's sticking out at me. Yeah. And I, I, think I, I think I closed on my first deal four months in. So I, I remember the first deal that came through, you said, hey, we had this person call in. They inquired. Um, this doesn't happen all the time. And yeah. Here, yeah. here's two of them. Call. Yeah. Call them. And th- this... I actually called them while I was on my summer of no worries. And like the week before somebody had called and they wanted to sell a frozen yogurt shop, which the ironic part of that particular <laughs> frozen yogurt shop was it was owned by the same franchise that I had just sold out of. <laughs> and I was like, well, I well, certainly know what yeah, they, yeah. I certainly know what they're going to expect from a... <laughs> Jeff has famously told me that he his first sale was a $35,000 dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, so if I have the career like Jeff has, based on my first sale, I'll have double the career that Jeff had because right, right. I got a full 85000 <laughs> out of this business that I sold for my first one. And so minimum commission deal yeah. right out of the gate. But the minimum commission deal bought me a few more months. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. I got three more months. And then... The next deals that I got were, and this is where I've, I've said that for us new brokers, and I've broken Apex brokers into three generations. And so I say for us third generation brokers that we started on second base. Because I don't think this happened for generation two and generation one brokers. But I had brokers that were like, hey, look, I've been working with this person for a few years now, and I've outgrown this type of listing. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I don't want to tell them no. Do you want the listing? Right. Yep. I'll split, you know, we'll split the sell side this way, mm-hmm. this way, or, mm-hmm. you know, it, I'll give you the listing and you get a run with it. I'll help Just you out. Yep. I'm going to take a little bit because that's what we do here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pay it off some way, right? And so, like, my next few were, um, were, were essentially gifts from mm-hmm. other brokers. But, you know, I looked at those as these are the ways that I'm going to prove value. So when I, when I came in, like my theme that I had for myself was I need to build, mm-hmm. I need to build. I need to build trust with these people. I need to build respect. I need to build the, my business, my personal business in here. Right. And so what does that look like? It shows that if these people were to trust me with a Tom Donnelly lead, or mm-hmm. if they were to trust me with a frozen yogurt store that walked through the door that I was going to take that, I was going to run with it, and I was going to do something with it. And thankfully, the vast majority of those gifts sold. There were two of those gifts that did not sell, and they were terrible gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to name them? (laughs) Well, I can't name names because – but there was two of them that didn't sell, and they were – like, I, I really well, think that I lucked out with the, the frozen yogurt shop. The, yeah, the buyer yeah. the buyer loved that brand, but that was a deal that was so, so small. The other, so it was almost like I had this, like, reputation. I was building this reputation with the firm of, like, this guy can sell the real small <laughs> stuff. You got some teeny <laughs> tiny stuff? Send it to that guy because he can. And then I think I've. I've gotten rid of that reputation because I only converted on one of three of those. <laughs> but thankfully, the other gifts that I had that were within what we would call as apex range, acceptable apex range of, you know, look, it's a smaller deal, but it's still something that we do and we have sure. plenty of buyers right. for. And and I was able to take those deals and not necessarily have to rely on the other broker to, uh, okay, now um, tell me, what's due diligence mean? <laughs> Well, so it makes sense, right? To when when you're starting out, you're not going to be jumping into the larger transactions because a new advisor, a new broker is not going to feel comfortable, th- you know, through the whole process. Isn't going to be able to advise the seller or the buyer what the process is. But when you get into the smaller deals, those gifts that you had really helped you, and they were they were good tests yeah. for you, right, to test your skills. Yeah, a hundred percent. They were. The the gifts that I say were the bad ones. These were they were less than a hundred thousand dollar sale businesses, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. those are just I hate to point they're, it out, but tough. we've talked we've done podcasts on this of the those aren't really businesses. Yeah. So I ended up my first year closing on seven transactions. That's and really good. We have like one of the stretch goals that I had for that first year was again my expectations were set at hey don't expect to make any money. Mm-hmm. And my first paycheck was a minimum commission deal that bought me three more months of living expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't worried about taxes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really worry about that. You do know that we report that. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> well, and that's as, you know, as these deals started coming through, then I was, mm-hmm. you know, started working with my accountant and my financial advisor of like, okay. And then I started saving too much. Uh, Pulling too much. All right, I'm going to need you to take 40% of this check that I got set aside for taxes. Right, right. Like, and I'm like, dude, you're not making that much money. Like, <laughs> you're not, you're not really there yet. So, so yeah, like it was. Um, 
the lessons out of that first year were really just how to build, like mm-hmm. how to gain that trust, um, getting the education in the business, getting certifications, um, getting through, getting to an, a conference, you know, kind of meeting people and, and right. stuff like that. And so you kind of set the foundation that first year. And really, like my whole thing was like develop the fundamentals, mm-hmm. keep keep the fundamentals and, and build these fundamentals because the fundamentals when you get to year two, because then you can build on and you can start focusing on some of the more the art of the the art of being a broker. Well, you brought up something that I was going to ask you about the coursework, IBBA, the certification. Uh, certified business intermediary that you went through and and all of our new advisors go through those courses pretty early on so I kind of wanted to get some feedback on that on what you what you thought of that because it's different than watching those old videos that we had that were kind of training yeah so the IBBA course I I found it invaluable it was uh, it was real-life examples but getting through that coursework is just not something that, like, I just don't know that there's anyone here that's going to sit down and go, all right, now let's let's right. spend 40 hours and right. we're going to go through every aspect of, of this. Mm-hmm. It's and, really hard to train new people in our business. So, you know, when we started requiring that a few years back, it made a huge difference uh, getting people a jump start in the industry because, like you said, for me to sit down and try to explain all aspects of the business, going through the, the legal issues, the ethical issues, you know, technology, all, and just all the just the financial part of it, and analyzing a business. Very difficult for me or one of the other folks here to sit down and train somebody like that. So that the IBBA has been valuable to me because it gets you a you know a leg up on on the competition and get you, you know, a credible voice in front of clients. The other thing too is that as part of that certification you're required to go to a conference. Mm-hmm. I always kind of say that those conferences are effective if you go and you meet three new people and you learn three new ideas. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you can, like I've implemented those six ideas now mm-hmm. over the, the course of the two yep. years and it's yep. like, wow, that's... That, well, that made it a lot easier. Well, and see what that does for Apex in general, too, because you and the others come back with some ideas that you've learned something. And so forces me now to implement some new technology or some new processes, but it helps the business in general. And every time somebody new comes in, even if they haven't taken those courses, like in your background, you had come from a consulting background, you owned a business, so when you came here you did have some some new ideas on, on how, you know, you look at what we were doing, how we were handling business, and you and everybody else comes in thinking, oh, here's something else maybe that we could try. And I try to be open to those new ideas. We've changed a lot over yeah. the years. Well, it, it is good that you have moved away from the requiring people to carry a clipboard around with their calendar. Now, some of, some of our right. Gen 1 brokers are still holding on to that, and we love them for right. that. To kind of wrap up that first year, you know, $2 million in sales was – and I, I don't know. I didn't set a goal, a sales goal in year one. I was just like, I – one right, right. A do- can I get sell? A deal can done? I sell a dollar? Can right. I can I get a deal done? You right. know, and then 
when you start to add value and you start to show, you know, the your teammates and the people around say, okay, yeah, we can we can go to that guy. Like we can he can turn mm-hmm. his computer on. Right. Like he he knows how to you know, like we he knows how to read a tax return and, and move it into a seller's discretionary earnings mm-hmm. and do a broker's opinion of value and right. I think I ended up with five listings, um, seven sales seven closed deals right. so yeah. you know in part of the thing that i did in that first year was i was like okay i don't i'm probably not going to get a lot of listings but man i can work you this can buyer buyers. side i can bring yeah, buyers on sure. this and i can i can be you know and so i, I built the i built the communication pipeline with the mm-hmm. buyers you know mm-hmm. you you get a few listings you get buyers on there we've talked about that like 99 percent of the people that come through here don't buy the business that they inquired right, on right either they, it's not the right business or they were too late mm-hmm. or going into the second year um what i didn't want to do is i didn't want to lose the lessons that i learned and so uh, the theme that i gave myself for year two was what got you here will not get you there mm-hmm and yep. so it, it's a it's a, on the notepad that I have in my my office and really it's just a, a daily reminder to me that you still have to do the work that you did last year yep. we're, we're just building on the fundamentals but because you don't have to spend the time you don't have to spend the, the a month essentially mm-hmm. in time of going through the coursework right that now you have that month that you can spend time building your business and building out your processes and building out your, you know, brand. And so that's where a lot of my focus has been this year is how do I gain efficiencies that the deals got bigger, mm-hmm. the, the work that I had done, because a lot of the work that we do, it's a lot like, it's a lot like farming, right? You got to you got to tend to the ground. You've got to yeah, plant yeah. the seed. You got to you got to water it. You got to, and then you there's time that passes. Like you don't just get to put plant no, the seed I was gonna in say. ground that's never been used, and then expect to have you know. What, what our crop. business is, it's it's a long sales cycle, and you and you have to have even you've had these successes, but you can't depend on that just continuing because you always have to have deals in your pipeline. You've always got to be have people you're talking to. Always be marketing yourself. And I do, I do want to say that you have been awarded. There's a competition here. You get you you close a number of deals. You make a certain amount of commission. You get to go on next year's Cancun trip. That's that's pretty yeah. good. Second year being able to go on that trip. And yeah. I think there are eight of us so far going on that trip because I get to go on every one of the trips. So I'm included. Well, I feel like if any of us qualify, (laughs) (laughs) one person goes, I'm going. None of you are qualified this year. Really? (laughs) Really? I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to have to go investigate some new resorts. Well, I think that you've had enough resorts. Like, I feel like if you, I feel like you would have actually qualified based Mm -hmm. on the, because you've closed some deals this year. Yeah. I mean, I know, let's keep this about me. Let's keep this about me. (laughs) Circle back to you real quick. Let's get back to me, uh, (laughs) because, but no, I feel like you would have, you've qualified, right? Based on just your your closing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I try to keep my hand in it. Yeah. You know, do some deals periodically. Got to keep your, I do really try to hand off the majority of business, buyers and sellers, 
to the brokers here to keep everybody fed, but it's also you guys need the activity and I need to be able to oversee 12 brokers. So I don't necessarily have the time to do a lot of deals. Like yeah. you do seven deals, I wouldn't have time to do that at all. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is the seven deals that I've done this year, and, I, and I've got a, I've got maybe four or five more that I mm-hmm. would, <clears throat> I had this, I had these two deals this year. And this was one of my biggest fears going into, uh, two years ago, this is mm-hmm. one of my biggest fears. I've tracked my time. Where am I spending my time? And how long does it take in each stage of this, right? And I've had three deals that have fallen apart in due diligence. That was like one of the biggest things that I was scared about was like, oh my gosh, what happens if a deal falls apart? Well, what I found is that in, there's buyers always that are, that are there. Back up. But yeah. you start back over. Yeah. And yeah. the amount of, you've lost, you've just lost eight weeks. And so what I, I really, like kind of as I look to the future, and I, we actually even talked about this this morning about like, okay, I've got to do a better job if I feel like somebody's on the fence. Yeah. I need to be strategic for both myself and for my client to mm-hmm. identify those areas where this deal's not going to get done. Right. This right. guy's not strong enough financially. The banks, the banks may do it. But ultimately, they're going to look at it and go, "Yeah, man, you're too tight." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you only got fifty thousand dollars in cash, and you're trying to buy a four hundred fifty thousand dollar business, right? Yeah, and you're trying to put ten percent down, and that's only going to leave you, and that's going to leave you like one month working capital. Man, that's going to we're taking yeah. every penny that you've got of cash, and so I, I think that's one of the things as I look forward to next year and, and it was once something that i focused on this year was like i wanted to work on bigger deals mm-hmm. i wanted to i didn't want I, well, first of all i wanted to get my own deals right yeah, <laughs> and right. number two is um i not, wanted to work on minimum size deals. yeah not minimum size deals and right. what i ended up doing is like i put a number of the number of deals that i wanted this year but and i, I didn't and i just naturally kind of backed into this but i started saying no to deals. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I'll hit that number of listings that I wanted. Right. But I think that it's one of those things where like by saying no, you know, it, it's allowed me to focus more mm-hmm. on the on the deals that, that I do have because I do when I was doing a lot of those small deals last year and doing kind of more volume type stuff and learning, there's a lot of distractions and a lot of mm-hmm. noise. What I've found is that once something enters due diligence, we can have a cool project plan, but it's never going to stick to that plan. Right. That, that's where the human aspect comes in. If you look at the, the process steps in this, it kind of would freak people out. It's not a straight line. Probably 80% of the stuff that's the same, it's a 20% variability in every single deal is what really kind of makes it unique. At the same time, this buyer's got $35,000 in cash. This buyer's got $350,000 in cash. Yeah. This buyer has $100,000 in cash. This buyer has seventy-five. dollars well, the, the amount of cash that the buyer is bringing in changes the equation. The buyer's background changes the equation. Could, I mean, tons of yeah. variables. Tons of variables. Yeah. So we talked about what you've brought in the, and, and the technology and, and the ideas that you've had. But I, and, we, and we've talked about your overall impression of how the business has gone versus what you you know your initial impressions i guess but i are you staying are you staying for a third year well so i, I have enough money to stay for a third year <laughs> so i 
I have been very fortunate that I've had a really good year. And and a lot of the fortune, you know, and they're here, I'm going to be serious. But again, I've got mm-hmm. an edit button, so I can okay. cut all of okay, this good. nice stuff that I'm that I'm saying. But I mean, you've built a great organization here that has, I, I just feel like it's easier for me and the people that have come in around the same time as I have and the people that are coming in behind me. And, you know, I, I do kind of grab the new brokers and try to pay it forward because no, for sure. people were yeah. very generous with their time with me. And, you know, I'm kind of a rising tides, bring all ships up, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, you know, I just feel like a lot of the groundwork that was laid by you and, you know, some of the people that, like, I've seen the names, I've never met them face-to-face, you know, like the the Jerry's, the Mike's, the mm-hmm. Anita's, you know, right, the, those right. people of the world. And, sure. you know, I, I enjoy picking Jeff's brain. I enjoy talking to Debbie. I enjoy talking to Jay, um, even though I might hassle them for their clipboards <laughs> and their calendar. <laughs> I mean, there's still there's there's so much wisdom and experience there yeah. that you can lean on. And we are helping each other out. And, and you feel that and you're yeah. doing it yourself. And so it's uh, much appreciated. It's kind of one of those things where it's cooperation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're we all are. I mean, look, you don't get paid if you don't bring a buyer to the deal. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid if you don't go out and get listings. Right. Like the, right. the fact of the matter is, is that. You know, we joke about money and we talk about, okay, I've got enough money to last me for 17 months, you know, so I'll come back for another year. Uh, but, I mean, it, it is, it's a business and we are here to feed our families. But, you know, the other thing too about the impression of the of the business and the industry is, you know, one of the things that attracted me to this is that I do have a young family. I do have young kids. And so, you know, the ability to drop those kids off and pick mm-hmm. those kids up and occasionally go to lunch at right. school with yeah. them yeah. is fleeting. Like I read something that's like, we only get to play Santa Claus 12 times, mm-hmm. you know, like you think that it's forever and it's yeah. not. And so, you know, the fact is, is that we can be productive and we can do great work and kind of, you know, we had a speaker in today that said, you know, hey, we're in the, we're in the dreams coming true business, the change in lives business. Without us, these people that have worked for 30, 35, 40 years don't get to go retire. Mm-hmm. Right. Or right. they don't get to go retire at, with the bag that they get. Sure. You know, when they, when they work with, with someone like us. And so, and, it, and I do, I live vicariously through those clients that have gone off and retired because I hope to be there one day. Right. I, you know, so like I love when I get the, the pictures of, you know, I'm not an RV guy. I don't really want to go camping, but right. it looks like they're having a great right. time. And yeah. that's, that's what they want to do in, in retirement. And so, you know, it's, it's really valuable to be able to, and rewarding to be able to do the work to where these people get the reward that they mm-hmm. deserve after putting, you know, the blood, sweat and tears into these businesses for that many years. Obviously the, the joy for us is having those transitions and we've got, you know, our clients, who are able to go off and do those things, and maybe they find a new career, but, but we're giving that, uh, that ability, but we're also bringing new people into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And, and I know they're gonna love it. There are gonna be challenges, but it's gonna be so much better than what they're used to. So we, we see the positive from both sides. The one thing that surprised me about this business is when I first came in, I thought it was a sales job. Sales, sales, sales. Mm, I got to mm, sell this guy on the mm, business. I got to oh, sell this guy oh. and have him buy the business, <laughs> right, right? Right. 
when it boils down to it, yeah, we're, we're salespeople, but there's nothing we can do to make these people oh, buy no. this stuff. Right. Right. As a matter of fact, really, our job of selling, it really needs to be more of a, are you sure you want to do this? Because what I found, and I found this out through one of those deals, is that the more that you kind of try to convince somebody that this is a great mm-hmm. move for them and this can convince them yeah. to buy the business, they're going to get into due diligence. It's going to get hard, and they're going to figure it out that this isn't for me. Moment's yeah. too big. Yeah. I am not cut out for this. And then you've just wasted yeah. six weeks of your you time and their time. You can't drag people through a transaction yeah. at all. Yeah, that was that was one of the biggest learnings that hmm. that I would say out of the first two years. And the biggest, the the two biggest mindset shifts that I had was that you can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. Right. And part of when I say I turned down a lot of sales this year, a lot of the 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 leads and people that I've talked with. Say, hey, now's not the time for you to list. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to go away and clean this stuff up, and you need to come back and look. I'm just telling you what the number is. Right. And you make the decision whether that number is good enough for you to for list sure. it or not. And yeah. if it's not, cool. Come back. Go away. Come back in three months. We'll keep in touch. But I think that's what you know what we all have to do. And and we get through our website. You know, we get a ton of inquiries from business owners trying to figure out what their business is worth or is now the right time, or they just want to have a discussion with somebody. And so I think in a lot of those discussions, it's not a business that's going to fit. It might be too new. It might not be profitable. Mm. They're going through a divorce, whatever. There, there are tough situations where it ju- we just can't help them. But we, what we do is try to at least steer them in a re- direction, maybe an advisor somewhere that can help them with their with their issue. Otherwise, like you said, they may have to hold on for a couple of years, or they have a decision whether to even stay open. Yeah. So, and those are things they just need to know. You know, the, the thing that I, I'm going to close with is that I remember we had a deal we closed on this year, and the seller came in four years ago, and that business was valued at about just under $600,000. And the seller said, this isn't good enough. And the seller was still putting in 60 hours a week. He was still very much involved in the day-to-day operations of the business. And the advice that he got was get out of the shop, make the business run without you, grow your profitability. Comes back a couple of years later, business is listed at 750 And, you know, kind of the year went on, had a few buyers come in, buyers ended up not working out. A couple of deals fell apart. Counter your roles. He had a great year. So then you take off this third year of eval and you replace it with, I don't know, a couple hundred grand in seller's discretionary earnings. And now you replace it with a 330. So you, you replace your, you got your three year average of your valuation. You replace a 200 with a 330. Business grew by a couple hundred grand. So this guy went in a period of four years from working with us from just under $600,000 valuation to just under a million when he sold it. So when I say that, yeah, man, I haven't gotten the number of listings, we could list these businesses and we could list them today and sell them, but it's not really what this person needs to walk away from. Right. But, you know, in, in just a few short years, if they focus on, if they set their goals and they Mm -hmm. focus their sites, they're going to get the number and we're going to, we're going to be right there with them. So 
Um, Good story. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's a true one too. It is. It is true. <laughs> I like it. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me uh, thanks for letting me go long form. <laughs> this was very enjoyable for well, me. These podcasts are helpful. Yeah. You know, like just being able to sit in here with you for well, what ends up is fifteen minutes for you know an hour. No, <laughs> no, being able to sit in here and you know just kind of bounce ideas right. back and forth with the wealth of knowledge that that you have and that you you've gained over the experience that you've had so you know it's the the podcast is a is a lot of fun to do on a on a weekly basis some some weeks we struggle with coming up with topics other weeks it's you know hey i can go for an hour just ask me about me i mean there's usually a topic somewhere in the week you know that that something that's happened and and something different and sometimes it's just something that needs to be revisited yeah, you just really what you do to find a topic is you just wait for a door to get slammed or somebody to stomp down the hall. Right. Hey, man, what's going what on? Happened? What happened to your deal? What happened, to you? <laughs> what happened with you? Hold on a second. Let me grab a pen real quick. I want to hear your story. <laughs> well, look, if you're, uh, if you're interested in working with Apex or learning about buying or selling a business, the best place to get started is our website. That's kcapex.com. That's everywhere you're going to have out there that's going to have business sales, can have valuation our blogs and then of course the uh, world famous award-winning podcast so if you are looking at buying or selling a business we got you fam